Hey, if we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Shaletta Burnage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is moms. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family, too. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world, one strengthened relationship at a time. So today, I want to share with you a few encouraging words about sustainable diversity. A recent study revealed that a significant amount of diversity roles that were created after the murder of George Floyd and the protests that followed them uh, had begun to disappear. Three years after the world mourned such a tragedy and committed in many ways to making efforts to reduce the likelihood that such an event or anything close to it could ever happen again, those commitments seem to have waned. No matter what official title was given from chief diversity officer to director of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and everything in between, 
Individuals who were given these newly created roles and were tasked with the responsibility to identify areas of needed change and implementing that change so as to preserve and promote diversity of thought and respect and value for a greater variety of life experiences seem to have lost that support. The fact that roles designed to lead this charge are being considered expendable during budget cuts suggests that maybe the decision to create these roles were made more out of a reactive pressure and optics rather than a true commitment to progress. Some have even looked back at the titles and responsibilities given before they disappeared and have revealed evidence that many who were given those titles and expectations to change an organization, even in a healthy way, and the culture within those organizations were never actually given sufficient budgets or real authority to implement those ideas. Not only that, but many felt that when ideas for change were actually provided, leadership uh, was just as resistant to those they supported, com uh, communicating openness to change with their words, but showing a desire to maintain the status quo with their behaviors. In the end, what we're left with is a temporary wave of diversity awareness that unfortunately wasn't as lasting as the needs around us demand. As for what is needed, in consideration of the ongoing and increasingly diverse population of diverse life experiences, I propose that rather than continue to ride waves of the reactive diversity efforts that go up and down over time, that we learn to cultivate a culture of sustainable diversity. Here's a few considerations regarding what that just might look like. One, it's not about the title. It's about the people. One of the reasons that many of the diversity leadership roles have been considered expendable is that too much focus was put on the title of the role itself, as if spending a lot of time identifying the right title, a uh, diversity-related title, would send a message that would make everyone inside and outside of the organization happy, when in actuality, the significance of the title is only in how well it serves as a preview of benefits and change to come. For the benefit is not in the title, but on the potential benefit that the person with the title can bring to everyone in the organization on a day-to-day -day basis. The point of sustainable diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts is to ensure that the greatest variety of needs is seen, understood, and met, ideally not out of obligation, but out of an increased and continued value for everyone, no matter their similarities or differences. If the people in the organization feel seen and valued, then it doesn't matter what the title is. But if they don't yet feel seen and valued, then the title is just the beginning. A second consideration is this. Don't just be reactive, be preventive. Another reason many of the diversity leadership roles were considered expendable is that they were created in response to significant tragic events that were current at the time they were created. Over time, however, the further we got from those specific incidents, the less relevant the needs felt, and thus the roles were deemed no longer necessary. However, sustainable diversity efforts are not just reactive, they are preventive. Sure, the time immediately after tragedies is often when emotions are high and barriers to these type of endeavors are decreased, allowing for long existing needs to be acknowledged and necessary roles to address them to be created. However, those needs existed before the tragedies occurred, and they will continue to exist after the tragedy is no longer the biggest headline until they're sufficiently and sustainably addressed. Sustainable diversity efforts not only see the need for making everyone feel seen and valued on an ongoing basis, 
but it also acknowledges the opportunity to create culturally safe work environments that actually reduce the likelihood of the next tragedy, at least in that setting, and potentially has a plan for how they will support those whom they serve following the next tragedy to reduce the long-term impact of such events, rather than scrambling at the last minute to understand and meet unfortunately recurring needs. And finally, a third consideration is this. Diversity doesn't have to be your top priority to be beneficial. Another reason many of the diversity leadership roles were considered expendable is that there was a pushback from individuals from top to bottom experiencing diversity fatigue. That's the experience where people have felt that they have heard enough about everything they're supposed to be doing and everything they should never be doing and every cultural group they should care about and every way in which they should be making diversity their top work and life priority indefinitely. This may surprise some of you listening, especially on a podcast called the Diversity Dude Podcast, but I believe that there's merit to the tiredness and frustration we're being told over and over again that diversity should be a person or an organization's number one top priority at the expense of everything else. Simply put, that level of intense hyper-focus on, on one thing is just not sustainable. Instead, sustainable diversity finds a way to incorporate intentional efforts to make everyone feel culturally seen, understood, and valued into many other important areas of daily life in the organization. No matter what service you provide, ensure that you're intentionally doing so in a way that the greatest variety of individuals get a chance to benefit from that service. No matter what type of leadership structure you promote within your organization, ensure that the greatest variety of individuals not only get a chance to pursue those opportunities, but that variety of thought, creative ideas generated by variety in life experiences is more appreciated than it is considered inconvenient. Not because it's mandated, but because of an ever-increasing appreciation for how variety of thoughts, skills, and life experiences have the potential to enhance the overall goals and mission of any organization. In this way, sustainable diversity doesn't have to be mandated or a singular hyper-focus. Instead, it's appreciated and valued in a way that instead of isolating certain groups to focus on, namely diversity for diversity's sake, Intentional efforts are made to make everyone feel culturally seen, understood, and valued. Before I go, let me make this clear. Even as I propose a vision for sustainable diversity, I must acknowledge that not every organization has cultivated this type of environment already, such that intentional efforts to make those from underrepresented cultural groups feel valued or seen don't need to be made. As such, until we get closer to that reality, then designating certain individuals, or better yet, teams of individuals, specifically tasked with improving the organization by helping create and cultivate culturally safe work environments for everyone is still just as necessary as it was before. In an ideal world, it wouldn't even be a long-term position or role, for the hope would be that the efforts would be so welcomed and supported and successful that it becomes seamlessly integrated into the way of life of the entire organization but the duration of their term will be based on the successful meeting of previously unmet needs in a lasting and sustainable way. Unfortunately, too many organizations have prematurely downsized those in diversity leadership positions like this before they were able to achieve that goal. My hope for you is that no matter your role or position, that you will be able to see the value in diversity leadership positions in a variety of organizations. Not to promote diversity as the number one goal above all others indefinitely for all time, but as an essential 
aspect of creating and cultivating sustainable diversity efforts that can be healthily integrated into the organization's vision from day to day on overtime. When everyone sees the value of helping everyone else feel value, then it won't have to be a mandate. Diversity appreciation and what would reduce diversity fatigue. These sustainable diversity efforts would have the potential to benefit everyone inside and outside of that environment, both now and for years to come. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening to the Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com. And if you know of anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on the often difficult topic of diversity, then feel free to send them a link to this podcast so they can be encouraged as well. You can also consider sharing with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook versions on Amazon.com. And especially timely, if you're a helping professional and interested in increasing your ability to meet the needs of everyone you serve, no matter their cultural similarities or differences, then please consider registering for my upcoming live virtual event this upcoming April 14th, where I will share practical tips and strategies that you can use to increase your cultural confidence and competence immediately. And although the cost of this interactive three-hour event is typically $99 per person for all of my podcast listeners, you specifically can use the promo code SHAMEFREE to cut that price in half and register for only $49. And considering the impact it can have on your personal and professional efforts, you will not regret it. I look forward to encouraging and equipping all of you who choose to attend. And as usual, I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this. You don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, and it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Racial covenants had structured every aspect of life. Keeping black people in black spaces. Slavery's history is Minnesota's history. 
so much of working towards racial equity is around telling our own stories. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort because right now, relationships matter more than ever and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com.